On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Over here on this hand, I've got Bruce Springsteen, who, even though... I know maybe three songs max by I consider one of the greatest artists in rock and roll. And over here I've, in this hand, I've got the Beatles. Now there's an old saying you can want in one hand and crap in the other. Uh-huh. And I'm immediately reminded of that because over here is Bruce Springsteen and over here is the crap. everyone and welcome to a new episode of set lessing bruce your podcast all about bruce springsteen his music and mostly his fans i am your host jesse jackson and joining me today is dustin welcome to the jungle i mean welcome <laughs> to the podcast thanks it's jesse time. for having me <laughs> it's you know time. when i yes, go when ahead I ex- when i accepted this booking i yeah. gotta say this isn't the jesse jackson i had in mind <laughs> uh uh, but whatever. whatever. No, I, I, I do feel like that. Um, <laughs> true story, Dustin. Um, when uh, my wife and I got married in 84, and uh, we lived in a small town called Lake, Lake Charles, Louisiana. And uh, Linda. Oh, you close to my neck of the woods. Though. Oh, what's that? I'm originally from Tupelo, Mississippi, but we would go to Biloxi a lot to hang yeah. out because nothing good ever happened where I'm from. Right. And so he, she called to the tuck shop and said, Jesse, yeah, the tuxedo shop oh, okay. because we were going to get married. And she said, uh, Jesse Jackson is supposed to be there. Jesse Jackson, he's in town. Right? <laughs> Did and, they roll out the red carpet? And, yeah. and my wife was like, uh, sad to say, no, that isn't the Jesse Jackson. <laughs> so, and true story, Justin, when he was running for president, I called Austin to make a hotel reservation. I go, hi, this is Jesse Jackson. I need to make book a hotel reservation. And like, oh, we'll be glad to help you, Mr. Jackson. And after a few minutes, she goes, don't you normally have someone that does this for you reverend i'm like no i i am a jesse jackson i am not the jesse jackson um i i often joke if i'm in front of a live audience it he's out of the news a lot more now but back then i would often go hi i'm jesse jackson i look different than i do on tv you're you're used to seeing me on a black and white set you know what's funny in real life I hang out with probably, and this isn't by design. It's just, yeah. you know, you meet people and then certain groups of people pull you into their group every time, no matter where you go, like yeah. without any kind of effort, you're always going to end up right. kind of getting drawn into a group of people one way or the other, no matter where you go. Uh-huh. I've, I've moved across the goddamn country. Don't oh, sorry. The dang country. Sorry. Right. And <laughs> I'm sorry. I've got a big note that says don't cuss for the show. And that's and, okay right off the bat i moved from mississippi to jefferson city missouri okay and still 
the vast majority of people I end up hanging out with are black folks. Okay. And, and, and one thing I've, I've seen in real life is, uh, now this is just the ones I've talked to. I'm not racially right. dividing anybody or trying right. to start that kind of conversation or anything like that. But when it comes to Jesse Jackson inside the, I hate to say the black community as a large, cause I, I'm obviously not a part of that community, but I'm definitely friends with a lot of people that are. And the, the thing I keep seeing when it comes to Jesse Jackson, when he comes up in conversation, I have never honestly in real life, met a black person that likes jesse jackson that doesn't have a, their own tv show oh, like, okay how funny <laughs> i'm just saying not saying everybody yeah i'm saying the the people that i've met and yes. the people that i've hung out with most people think he's a they, they, they think he makes his living off of someone else's suffering yes and and i get that a lot and i can't in good conscience condone that but i don't see the other side of it you know what i mean it's hard for me to comment on those kind of issues because i'm not as bad as i hate to say it i mean uh, it's true i'm not directly affected by them yeah and you know what's interesting dustin is you you being aware of that puts you ahead of unfortunately a lot of people that um we're that I sometimes have a trouble talking to. Um, I'm a 61 year old white guy. I, you know, I was born in Louisiana. Really? I was I, guessing like 40 something. No, 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 I'm 61. I was born, I was born in 1959. The Eisenhower. I mean, darn. Yeah, exactly. Hey. Um, so I know my life experiences. I see things totally different than you know, even my son or someone else, right? It is just do that. And for you to be aware of that just alone says, you know, you're, you're, you're a good dude and you're just trying to do the best you can. Um, I, hope so you've, is. <laughs> I hope so too. So you mentioned, uh, grew up in Mississippi. Um, I haven't even given you a chance. Give your elevator pitch. Uh, talk my elevator pitch. Who are uh, you and what, what are you doing? It's bad. I don't know the elevator pitch from the podcast, but I do know the elevator pitch from my real job. So okay, that's good. I've never done an elevator pitch for Guns and Radio, but here we're going to try. All right. <clears throat> I, and first off, I need to apologize to your audience because I know I sound like crap tonight, but I'm sick and I'm doing my best to get through it. So well, you, I, luckily you're using Guinness to try to, you know, help I us. I am. We are recording this on St. Patrick's Day. It is. We're taping this on St. Patty's Day, and this is my third whiskey tonight. So if I would have done this an hour ago, I probably wouldn't have gotten this far. So without (laughs) coughing. So, okay. Elevator pitch, guns and radio. Okay, guys, my name is Dustin Burcham. uh, My real name is Dustin Burcham. My stage name, my podcast name, whatever it's called in this field, I do not know. I am not, I'm an amateur stuck in a world (laughs) of people who are much better at what they do than I am. Uh, But um, my podcast is called Guns and Radio. I host it with my friend Chris Caputo, who I've never actually met in real life. Uh, He's... uh, from Toronto, Canada. I'm from originally from Tupelo, Mississippi, by way of Jefferson City, Missouri. Each and every week, we take a we have a giant wheel, if you will, 
more like a lottery. We say a wheel because it's audio. Nobody can see us anyway. So the visual of a giant wheel is much better sounding than the fact that we just have names being drawn randomly out of a hat. Each and every week, we randomly pick a song by Guns N' Roses, Velvet Revolver, Duff McKagan's Loaded, Slash featuring Miles Kennedy, the Juju Hounds, or any of the bands or solo projects from the original five members of GNR. We choose one song every week. We break that song down. We listen to it. We review it and we give it a rating. If it sounds like the pot of thunder podcast, which is a kiss podcast that I'm in no way affiliated with, that's because it's a direct ripoff of pot of thunder uh, and we say that in the first episode now in episode eight i think we've been we're on our 91st episode now so it gets a little fuzzy and i think about ep- within the first 10 episodes the guys from pot of thunder came on to our show they heard about us ripping them off they listened to the show they liked it they contacted with us they came on the show they gave us their blessing to rip off their show so now i'm gonna call it a spinoff of pot of thunder even though i'm in no way affiliated with them so, so in the it's a small world um jb clark um who um also was from tipolo mississippi and rob carmack do bruce springsteen sings the alphabet podcast <laughs> where they took every Bruce Springsteen song and talked about it in alphabetic order. They, oh, did not, nice. they did not do it random. And they said in their very first podcast that um, there's, uh, there's alphabetical Beatles, which was <laughs> a bunch of guys going through every Beatles song in alphabetical order. And okay. they reached out to them and said, will you be offended if we steal this format? And they said, uh, one, give us, you know, sh- share that, you know, that you, we inspired you. And two, you got to finish. Like yeah. you can't stop. All right. And so, and now then they've, the alphabetical uh, Beatles has finished, but JB and Rob have gone through, uh, they went through a whole season. They went through every song. Then their second season was they went through every album in chronological order, talking about every song and with a different context, right? Like it's, it's a different discussion, the song by itself compared to what it is on like the album. And okay. now then the third season, you know, Bruce has now released a couple of albums. They're going to go back and catch that. So um, it's I, interesting. I'm, yes. It's, it's interesting to me that you bring to me both Bruce Springsteen and the Beatles, because here's what yes. I hear. Okay. Bruce Springsteen is a guy I don't, I'm a casual fan of, don't know more than of course the hits they play on the radio and the one that we're going to talk about a little later tonight that I heard for the first time tonight, which by the way, opened my eyes to, I need to dig a little deeper into this library. Uh, anyway. I have a proposal for you in a little bit, Dustin. Okay. I'm going to, that's a tease. Okay. Okay. Over here on this hand, I've got Bruce Springsteen, who, even though I know maybe three songs max by, I consider one of the greatest artists in rock and roll. And over here in this hand, I've got the Beatles. Now there's an old saying, you can want in one hand and crap in the other. 
And I'm immediately reminded of that because over here is Bruce Springsteen and over here is the crap. You're not a Beatles fan. I despise the Beatles. Anybody that listens to my podcast, I've pissed off every Beatles fan in in the world at least once. And that's funny. There's two bands I absolutely hate. And, and that's the Beatles and Nirvana. I think the Beatles are the most overrated band in the world. Now, I think, granted, considering that back in the day before the Beatles came along, all you really had was Teen Angel, Teen Angel, and other boring crap. But then, like, here comes the Beatles, and all of a sudden, here's decent music to the ears of somebody who'd never heard decent music before. Yeah, I get it. But when I. <laughs> But fast forward to this year when we've had decent music come and go at this point, the Beatles are far at the bottom of that list. So only to Nirvana. So what's what I I'm going to propose and and be thinking about this is um, I talked about my how many podcast where we talk about uh, different artists and bands and it is very clear I graduated high school in 77 um, and I kind of quit listening to music a lot in the 80s so well I mean you um, didn't have anything good come out since what 92 yeah. <laughs> so um, you throw you put a hundred thousand dollars in front of me and say name 10 Guns N' Roses songs and I could not do it without a oh. computer. Well, we can fix that tonight. I'm going to open your eyes to so, some beauty. So um, what's interesting is I had a guy and that's one of my catchphrases. You see, you see what I did though there? Yeah. I took the thing where I said I was right about your, your thing that yeah. you like and I, sh- I crapped on it. And and then I took, but you're see, I'm going to show you why I'm right about my thing. That's me being a jerk. And no, I'm not being a jerk at all. So, <laughs> so I want to say though the whole Beatles thing. Yeah. Like yes, it's true. I do hate the Beatles, but I really play it up. Just sure. For- absolutely. Yeah. Shtick. Well, that's like I put down. Um, there is a the local sports station had a thing called Bands of Your Lives, and there was eleven questions, and the first two question was band you hate and band you don't get. And I said, um, you know, and, and, you know, band you hate and band you just don't understand or you think is overrated. That was it. And I said, I Led think you Zeppelin, don't get is a good topic. Yeah. Led Zeppelin and, um, you know, Grateful Dead. I just don't get them. And my, that's very yeah. good. I don't get Grateful Dead either. So, um, and my friends, like when we have specifically talked about Guns N' Roses, they're like, how do you not know these? And like, cause it was like Guns N' Roses has 30 hits, you know? And so um, David Fetter was on the podcast about a month ago and he does a Bee Gees podcast. And nice. yeah. And his <laughs> talk like, about fucking or freaking, uh, yeah. Explicit or what am I thinking? Deep cut. Exactly. Like, they got one hit. Like. And so, and that's what he talked about. He said that um, Bruce and him have Bruce and the Bee Gees have something in common. If someone says I don't like Bruce Springsteen, my first question is, Have you ever listened to anything besides Born in the USA CD? 
And he says, and if someone says, I don't like the Bee Gees, have you ever listened to anything besides Saturday Night Fever? No. Right. So yeah. he sent me 10 BG songs that I didn't know. He said, here are 10 songs you probably don't know. And then I sent him 10 Springsteen songs he probably didn't know. And we each picked five. And we did a we did a follow-up podcast where we played a clip of the song. You discussed, this is why I picked this song. This is why I like it. This is what I didn't like about it then I would do that. So I propose that would be interesting for us to do like maybe in four to six weeks, like, you know, we could follow yeah. up and that way, cause you just said, Oh, I can blow your mind. I can give you songs that you wouldn't thought of. I can give you a guns and roses song. I can give you at least three that I know you've never heard of. And if you listen to them and really listen to them and they don't, and I don't care if you're the surliest, meanest, baddest man on the planet. I can give you three Guns N' Roses songs. This band that's known for cocaine, fire, and piss. Mm -hmm. And I can give you three songs by them. And I don't, I don't care how mean and how rough and how whatever you are. If you do not have tears in your eyes by the time those songs are over, I don't think you would have a soul. All right. I love that. Um, all right. So that's, we're going to do that, Dustin. Um, growing up, I always like to start at the beginning. What kind of, was your family into music? Did, was there a lot of music on the radio? You're, you're with your parents. Did you have siblings? Talk about that a little bit. Well, I don't talk too much about my, my older days, uh, mainly because I'm going to be honest, uh, I've been drinking, so you're going to get something I wouldn't give nobody else. <laughs> I was born into a highly conservative Christian family. Uh, my father plays bass, and now he plays guitar, and he can play one of the meanest guitars I have ever heard in my life, but he's weird because he can't do it if anybody's watching. Like, if I sneak into his house when he don't know I'm coming in, you'll hear him in there shredding, and he plays the blues. And you'll hear him in there shredding like he should be somebody famous. And then as soon as he knows somebody's listening, he starts screwing up. <laughs> and he, he would be pissed if he heard me tell that. But uh, yeah, he don't know really much about technology. So he ain't gonna okay. Be listening. <laughs> okay, Dustin's but, dad. We're not talking about you. <laughs> no, I love my dad. My dad's one of my heroes in life. Yeah. Uh, but um, the uh, I was born into a insanely christian conservative home uh they didn't let me listen to any kind of music that wasn't like bill gaither freaking gospel and i'm talking about southern quartet um like i'll fly away oh glory yeah. yeah i was raised southern baptist Okay, that kind yeah. of BS. I got you yeah. beat. I was raised Pentecostal. Top uh, that. Yes, exactly. Um, and and uh, my dad always played bass. He always played at church. Um, there's a lot of things, and I t and, and and I'm not mad about it. I, well, I am mad about it, but um, I have gotten my I've given myself the excuse that my family didn't know any better. Yeah, it's that famous Mara Angelou. You know, quote like when I you know when I knew better I did better right yeah and so exactly so I give my family that excuse so that I can 
I can kind of try to self, what's the word I'm looking for? Therapy and move on from the mental damage and scars that I have. So I, I don't know religion. I, I don't want to get in a world of got you, but um, one of my mom's favorite sayings was I would kill you if I could afford to bury you. <laughs> my grandma told me once, if you kill yourself, I'll bury you. <laughs> Um, but they meant that with love in their heart. Right? No, she was pissed off when she said oh. that. I mean, let me re- let me tell you right now. She's one of the sweetest old ladies. I and, understand. Uh, I went through a bit of a uh, dick phase in my younger okay. phase. Uh, there's a, I have a freaking long story, but uh, I calmed down over time. If you hear some thunder, I apologize. It's stormy outside okay. and I'm sick. So I need the window open. No, you're good. They're good. Um, but no, they, uh, I was raised very Pentecostal, very, uh, if it ain't this kind of gospel, it's devil worship. Right. Uh, the, the satanic cult BS frenzy of the eighties, uh, that we, you know what I'm talking about the, how in the eighties, everything was some kind of satanic cult was coming yes. to your kids and all that bull crap. Yeah. Uh, being from Mississippi, that shit, that, that crap continued into, the well into the 90s <laughs> because yes. we're so damn backwards right <laughs> and and like i said I, I i get emotional and i get ticked off when i really talk about it a lot but i do my best to remind myself my family just didn't know any better and whoa sorry no you're good I hope, I don't know if you heard that or not. I did. A... <laughs> it's like it's like a giant has is hungry and his stomach is growling, like oh, want to eat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I do my best to give my family the excuse that they didn't know any better because after they figured out that their constant pressure whippings, whatever they needed to do, whatever they yeah. felt like they needed to do, when they figured out that all it did was drove me away. Yeah. I didn't speak to my family for a few years after I turned 18. Yeah. Like I started going through a rebellious stage in high school and I'm sure we'll get to that in a little bit when we start talking about other topics here that we talked about in the pre-interview and yeah. um, um, And I think that pushing me away changed, but at the same time, it made me the man I am today. Like sure. it made me smart enough to be able to say, Hey, I don't believe this bull crap that my family is teaching me. Uh, I don't want to accept that there is no God, but I don't, but I mean, it's a possibility. Right. And there was a point where I was even an atheist for a few years. And of all things, this is weird science changed my mind about that i went to college which a lot of my family hasn't done yeah and uh when i went to college i excelled in physics that was my favorite uh subject but in going into physics from you got to remember this is backwoods mississippi your high school science class is god made birds like you you know what i'm saying like so then you get to college and you get into some real science from a guy that was a, a nerd growing up that was craving that. And he's like, okay, this God crap, but how does it really work? And then you get into that. And then to me, there were questions I had for phys- for physics that 
my teacher of all people, my professor loved talking to me. She hated me my first uh, six weeks until we had our first exams and I was the only person that aced it. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, cause she thought I was a smart ass cause I was always coming to school stoned and uh, <laughs> asking a hundred million questions. And then when the test came, I aced it. And uh, so we would have after class discussions. She would tell me to save it for after class if I had a question. And uh, some things in, in the world and the universe just doesn't make sense to me without some kind of creation. creation and that's, that's interesting. So when did you, it, you talked about as being a teenager and rebelling. When did you find not just in, we're going to get to Guns of Roses in a minute, but, but secular music i'll put that umbrella not necessary rock and roll but secular music right like oh i went straight to rock and roll okay I, like i gravitated immediately to rock and roll and i remember the moment the moment i discovered rock and roll because keep in mind i wasn't allowed to listen to the radio at one point my mom was like telling my dad that listen we got to let him listen to the other shit that kids listen to or he's never gonna or maybe that'll help him stop being so rebellious against it and really i was just smarter than them (laughs) i hate to say it but but that was her thinking was that if if we listen let him listen so so then i had my mom who don't know what the kids like trying to pick the music that i'm allowed to listen to so so in all of these bill gaither and gospel cds and stuff that i had in my collection that i never freaking listened to by the way i hated music before i discovered rock and roll there was one britney spears record the the kids like that (laughs) Justin's gonna like britney spears look how pretty (laughs) she is and i will admit there's two songs I liked on that record and neither one of them they I ever heard on the radio. Okay. Uh, I wouldn't dare tell you what they are. You'll just have to buy the record and see. Okay. It was the first one, the pink one. Uh, sure. I don't remember what it was called. It okay. was just, I remember it was pink and it had her on the front. How but funny. <laughs> the, the, when I discovered rock and roll, this is when uh, the devil came in and he took my soul according to my family. This is the moment it happened. Uh, I went down to the crossroads behind my house and I took my guitar <laughs> and I said, oh, great Satan appear before. No, I'm fucking with you. I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, seriously, this is, this is honestly what happened. This is the exact moment. Um, we lived in the middle of nowhere and uh, one circumstance is a long story, but we ended up at one point in my life living with my great grandmother okay. uh, who was also extremely Christian, extremely wanted to brainwash me into this way my family believes, but at the same time was smart enough, was smarter than the rest of my family. My great grandmother was the only friend I had for a little while, many years. And, uh, that's a sore subject also, uh, because when she passed away, that's one I never really got over. Okay. Uh, But to move the, conversation forward to rock and roll we lived with her for a few years and there were two barns we lived in the middle of nowhere we lived in the middle of the freaking woods yeah 
and I have muted my phone like 14 times and I still keep getting text messages. Give me just a second. Let me just sure. turn the damn thing off. Okay. Um, but we lived in the middle of the freaking woods and uh, we had two old barns that we didn't really use for anything. One, uh, my dad straight up gave me <laughs> that uh, me and some friends of mine we thought it was cool because we had our own clubhouse, basically, with a He-Man Woman Haters Club. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but uh, the other one was behind the house, and inside of it, my dad kept his fishing boat. Mm-hmm. And so my dad's fishing boat, uh, something happened one day. I don't remember what led me to being inside of dad's boat barn shed thing. But something led me there. Now, this barn has been there for like a freaking hundred years before I was ever even thought, before my dad was ever even a thought. Like these barns we were playing in, we would be up in the loft falling with like, and, and the, 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 the board would break and we'd get a leg through all the time. We didn't even have a ladder to get up to the loft. We climbed up the side of the loft. Like this was a whole different time. <laughs> we had it was crazy. But this barn in the backyard where my dad kept his boat, one day I don't know what I was doing, but I was piffing around out there. And up in the top of the almost the roof, there was like where the roof comes in like this and there was like a kind of a little bitty ledge and I saw something plastic caught my eye sticking out of that ledge and I reached up and I took it and it was a cassette tape that had obviously been there for many many years it was covered in dust and grass and I blew it off and it was ACDC and I go what's this probably one of my dad's brothers hiding it from grandma back in the day (laughs) and it was ACDC's back in black Okay. And that was my first rock album. How funny. That was when I, I went from hating music to loving music to knowing that I can never let anybody know I have this tape. This was under my pillow, hidden away from the face. Yeah, like some some guys might hide, you know, cigarettes or a Playboy. You know, you've got this ACDC cassette like, shh. And, oh, I did all of that. Uh, I understand. Uh, <laughs> I didn't think you might. You know, and uh, to to keep it biblical, right? That was your road to Damascus moment, right? You were, you were, you were Saul, and all of a sudden the light came in, and you became Paul. Uh, it really was. I mean, yeah. it's weird to think about that. I mean, and now that I'm sitting here and actually pondering on it, that one random ass day in Mississippi. Of me just going about, oh geez, sorry. No, no, that's good. Yeah. Of me just going about my my life changed my life and changed who if 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 I had never stumbled onto that tape. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I probably would have discovered it, but then I would be older, and it's yeah. it's just weird to think about how different my life would be if it wasn't for that one little weird moment that came along in my life. So I usually ask this uh, to my guests that are Bruce fans and 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 I understand if you can't articulate this though you've done a great job of articulating when did you discover Guns N' Roses and what about the music spoke to you in such a way that 
you are now doing a podcast about them. Obviously, there there must be something about their music that oh, yeah. spoke to you. There's a lot. I mean, hey, we've Lord, got time. I got, the, I got the. I don't know if you can see that. Or not. Yeah, we did. <laughs> I got the. Um, I've always been. Sorry. That's close. <laughs> Do you need to go? We can always <laughs> no. reschedule. Okay. We're no, good. no. I live in the middle of the city. If it gets too bad, the sirens will go okay, off. Okay. And... Okay. Okay. Just want to yeah. let you know. Okay. It just scared me. That's all. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to close this a little bit just okay. so I can kind of get the breeze and I'm going to pull down okay. the curtain so that the lightning will quit distracting me. Okay. No problem. Oh, Guns and Roses, man. This is a hard one. Um, I've always been a casual fan of GNR. Okay. Um, when I was, I want to say 12, maybe 13. Uh, it's weird how you remember things. Cause if I tried to do the math, I would be either a hell of a lot younger or a hell of yeah. a lot older than I'm remembering. But uh, a friend of mine had a tape a VHS tape. We didn't call them VHS back then. We just called them tapes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but a friend of mine had a tape and uh, he said, I went to his house and he said, uh, have you ever heard of Guns N' Roses? Because now this is old. This is back in the day when the fact that they're saying dirty words is enough to catch our attention. Yes. <laughs> and um, the tape was, it turns out, was Tokyo, Japan, Use Your Illusion 1 from 1992, I believe. Okay. Uh, there was a two-tape set. He had the first tape on a tape that had been copied from a tape that had been copied from a tape that had been copied that he gave me and said, uh, check this out. I think you'll like it. And then he gave it to me and told me I could have it. So I went home and listened to it, and I watched it. And the... The first thing, because coming from the, the, the life and the way I was raised, where everything you do, uh, anything that'll bring you any kind of remote pleasure seems to end in internal damnation and hellfire and brimstone. And, um, well, just while you're then, thinking, uh, you know, I just, I remember, um, you know, Three Dog Night you know, the joy to the world. And he always had some mighty good wine. You couldn't sing that, right? Like, yeah. as, you know, that, that, Ooh, that's, that's a nasty lyric, uh, you know, growing up in a Baptist, right? Oh, <laughs> like, because, and, and people don't understand. They don't. And aren't raised in that, that at my household, you know, if you have a drink of beer or a glass you, of wine, you better repent. Your next step is you're you're a drunk in the gutter. <laughs> There's you know? no metal ground. There is like, like you have one sip. The next step you are in the gutter. You know, uh, just shooting up and yeah, exactly. Like you know, you are just you you are you know you are the prodigal son living with pigs. You know that you just there's just I mean it goes straight to the gutter. Do not pass go. Do yeah, not collect your soul. It is like and and you know, it was so strange when I started dating my wife, you know, she was Catholic and, you know, at, at 12, they're having wine at dinner, you know, I mean, just small glasses <laughs> of, of wine, course. right? Right. 
and like and for the funny thing dustin right for the long time she didn't trust me because i didn't drink i you know i oh. just you know i just i never drank i that was not something i didn't re, you know i never rebelled that way and uh it wasn't until she realized hey i have a built-in designated driver maybe <laughs> this guy isn't so bad <laughs> so my best friend and my best friend in the whole world is a guy named michael Rees. he's never yeah. been on my podcast he's never been anything related to mm-hmm. media that i've done he's he's made appearances but not in a yeah. long time but in real life my best friend in the world is a guy named michael Rees. and when people ask like uh people that know me in mississippi yeah think of me as part of a duo like beavis and butthead like yeah. if, if, if if somebody sees me in mississippi and the first question i always get is where's reese yes like people okay. are so Got used it. to us being together um jesus but anyway he uh when we first started hanging out was in college and the thing that i tell people which is kind of bs but it sounds good. It sounds funny when people ask, how did you guys become good friends? I like to drink. He likes to drive. We've been best friends since college. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> fact. Yeah. So anyway, not to get you off on a tangent. It's okay. So you're, um, you know, you're, you discover, uh, you know, a tape of a tape of a tape of Guns <laughs> yeah, and Roses. And it, for some reason it speaks to you. It, um, I think here's what's funny. You want to know who the last person's name I learned in the band was? Who? Axel. Okay. Because Axel in the tape introduces everybody else and nobody right. introduces Axel. Right. Uh, I liked, uh, when I was little, Todd or fucking, or, well, she, what was his name? Um, Teddy Zigzag. Mm-hmm was i thought he was a legitimate member of the band when i was little because uh but i liked him because i thought he looked like a pirate because he wore the fluffy yeah really sure and uh my and his song that opens with him on the harmonica was my favorite part of the tape and it's still one of my favorite songs um it starts uh i can't stop thinking and then the song um uh Jesus Christ, I'm drawing like can't stop thinking, thinking about sinking. Give me a second. Bad Obsession is the name of the song. Mm-hmm. And when I'm a kid, I'm like, I don't know all the words he's saying because, you know, he's singing and I can't understand everything he's saying. Uh, uh, but it turns out the song is about shooting up and doing heroin. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Um, I never knew that as a kid. I just thought it was a catchy, fun song and had a cool mm. harmonica at the sure. front of it. But uh, I would later go on uh, when uh, I met a guy at work named Rick Dunsford. And if you're inside the Guns N' Roses community, you know that name, especially the online community. Okay. Uh, with the leaks and everything that's been going on lately, you know Rick's name. Uh I did not. I, I, I met Rick at work. <laughs> they set me down at the time I was doing a stupid little YouTube show and they brought me into work and they sat me down at what will be my new cubicle. And he turns around and he's right beside me and he's all excited to meet me. And he knows about what I do on the internet and all this other shit. And so I'm like, Oh, oh okay. I didn't know what to say to that. Well, he and I became best of friends 
and he was a diehard Guns N' Roses. Is still today a diehard Guns N' Roses fan. I was still a casual fan at the time, and he had a lot to do with getting me into the community. I mean, I came in late for. I missed out on a lot of things. I missed out on the entire Chinese democracy waiting for the album era. Okay. But uh, when I started running with him, we started following them. That was the first time I made enough money to, I made grown adult money, grown ass adult money, as I call it, for the first time in my life. And I was able to afford to follow this band on tour. And after, I would say it took one show, even without the original lineup, uh, even without the follow-up to the original lineup, like, this lineup had changed like six times by the time I saw them. Mm -hmm. And even with that lineup, with those songs, man, just something about it, like would, would make me want to dance, cry, fight, whatever they were going for. I was easily manipulated by this band. (laughs) And I remembered like it was a blend of stuff that I'd never heard mixed with a blend of things that, I remember from uh, when I was a kid and I had that tape Mm -hmm. and Chinese democracy is probably my favorite uh, guns and roses album. Second only to appetite by destruction for destruction. Okay. Uh, Those two records uh, use your illusion is great. And lies is great. I mean, their worst song I think is okay, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but um, it just, I think um, part of what gets it for me and with the way I was raised, I was raised that you got to be a man. You can't show any kind of emotion. You can't uh, like, you've got one of two modes. You got angry or you got working. Uh Like that was all you were allowed to be angry or work it, or you were gay. (laughs) That is, that's just how the, people in the south in the 90s saw it right but guns and roses they they lure you in with the angry songs for me they brought me in with the angry songs out to get me night train uh my michelle dead horse like the 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 stomper songs welcome to the jungle even they lure you in with those those angry rage energy filled bangers but then they give you songs like Catcher in the Rhine, This I Love, November Rain, and Estranged, that by the time you get to those songs, you've experienced the rage and the, the energy and that side of the coin that is the band that then in turn, it, it, at least for me, felt like it gave me permission to feel vulnerable. Okay. That's interesting. I... I always preface this question, Dustin, with the amount of times you've seen a band live is not a fair barometer of how big of a fan you are. Specifically, like, you know, Bruce Springsteen, you know, he's been in since the 70s. If you lived in the East Coast, you know, and you've discovered him in 75, 76, and you live in Jersey, New York, Philly, the chance to see him you know, multiple times. Yeah. Uh, but for the record, um, you know, like I said, it's not a fair barometer of how big of a fan you are, but how many times have you seen them live 
and do you count? 14. 14. Okay. And I have tickets to my 15th show already purchased for hopefully by then I'll have my damn COVID shot if this cold okay. goes away. <laughs> okay. Where are they going to perform? Where are they performing? Chicago, Illinois. Okay. I've, I've seen them in Chicago once before. Okay. Um, they did a small state, I wouldn't say stadium, but a small club tour back in 2012 called Once in a Lifetime. I went twice. Because okay. uh, the, the, the clubs they were playing in were so small that tickets went so fast. Uh, I had a friend on the inside, shout out, that gave me, that made it possible. Okay for me to get to go twice so this will be my second time seeing them in chicago okay and uh i'm really excited about it because it's really important to me because my girlfriend is going with me to this one mm -hmm. and everybody that's a major player in my life other than like my dad and my mom for yeah. example but all my best friends who if i were going to take over the world these would be the generals in my army <laughs> yeah have seen guns and roses with me at least once Okay. And some, some it takes, some they don't care for. Right. Because it is, at the end of the day, just another freaking band. I well, often forget that. but So, right, like I say there's two kinds of people in the world. The people that go to their first Bruce Springsteen show and go, damn, that was long. <laughs> and the others that go, oh, my goodness, when can I see him again, right? Uh, so... So talk to me, you've t talked a little bit already, but um, Guns and uh, Radio is the podcast. What, what made you, it sounds like you were already doing something with social media, with either YouTube or other stuff. So talk to me about kind of your background and why did you decide to do a GNR podcast? Well, I've done other podcasts and various shows uh, in the past on both YouTube, blog TV, if anybody out there remembers that. Mm -hmm. I used to get, which was where a lot of my success was, I used to get 10,000 people watching me live every week. Wow. That number would go up and down because they were live, but they, it never went under 10 back in the day. That was probably the peak of my success. But they, they also blog TV like my show and they put me on the front page every week. So I can't take credit for that. It's cheating. But uh, I started out in the wrestling business. Okay. I got into the wrestling business uh, when I was 16. I lied about my age and it's a lot. That's a whole other story. But um, I feel like that's where I got a lot of my chops for being able because I used to do commentary and things like that. So. I, I, that also helped me get my chops up to be ready to podcast and stuff like that in its own way. I'm not saying I'm the greatest. I'm not saying I'm great at all. I'm not even saying I'm okay, but I mean, I have fun. So that's what kind I'm of really wrestling fun. did you cover? Professional wrestling. Okay. Yeah. That's what I meant. Like WCW. Um, no, 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 no. We had our own promotion. Okay. We had okay. our own local promotion. I snuck in uh, to keep that part of the story brief. Uh, I went when I got my driver's license at 16. Wrestling was the devil. That was another thing. I was sure, of course, everything's the devil. Right. Yeah, I was going to the movie to... theater on Sundays yeah. would be a, the devil. Yes. Oh, yeah. So I wasn't allowed to watch wrestling in the 90s, but uh, 
when I got my driver's license by then I figured out that, you know, what mama don't know won't hurt her. And, uh, uh, mama don't know what I'm doing. So, right. I mean, for lack of a better word, screw her. Uh, <laughs> I almost said the F word. See, I'm being, I'm doing good. I'm looking You're at doing my great. Cuss sign. You're doing <laughs> great. Dustin. You're doing great. But anyway, uh, my first time I went, I had $5 in my pocket. And the second time I went, I figured out, you know, there's a door over there that looks like it leads to outside and I don't see any of these security guards watching it. So I snuck in <laughs> and uh, this was, this was immediate. This was my first weekend as a free man driving his car for the first time. Okay. Uh, that my grandpa gave me because shout out to Papa. He was always good and all this BS. He, he, he was kind of the, 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 what do you call it? The, the one that was reasonable. Okay. But, uh, my first weekend out, I, I paid $5 and went to see wrestling. My second weekend out, I didn't have $5, but I noticed there wasn't any security guards watching this door. So I came in that door. My third, <laughs> my third weekend, I wanted to meet some wrestlers. So, uh, I made a bull. <laughs> this is so stupid. I made a BS pass and put it around my neck and walked around in the back, acting like I was interviewing people <laughs> and taking pictures. And uh, my fourth week, I tried that again, and they figured out I didn't. Nobody hired me. Yeah. And, but they'd already saw the pictures I was taking, and they really wanted to to use those. So I ended up getting a job. <laughs> Uh, putting together a website and then one thing led to another i eventually found a promoter and lied and said i was an announcer and because an announcer didn't show up and that was total bs i just happened to be at that show wasn't even the show i would end up being familiar with um but uh yeah one thing led to another that led to another that led to another that led to me being uh in that full time I got mad. Uh, I used to have a really bad temper back in the wrestling okay. business. Uh, I was known for having a bad temper, but I was known for drawing money. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> people put up with my crap because I can make money. But at the same time, um, I had to get out of it. I mean, I came back eventually, but there was a period where I quit for about three or four years and I had to get out of it to get my, to get my head together, to be able to come back and, you know, show everybody he's actually a decent guy. Uh, Cause I mean, when I came back, I was, when I left, I probably was a bit of an a-hole, Okay. but um, uh, which you have to be when you're not tough <laughs> and everybody's big and muscular and scary. Yeah. And some guy with giant muscles that could pound you in the ground grabs you by the arm and jerks you over to tell you how it's going to be. To me, the only reaction you can have is both hands around his neck and put him up against the wall and you tell him how it's going to be to send a message. Like he didn't know that he, he could pound my butt in the ground right. <laughs> without breaking a sweat after that, you know, but that's, that's where I started out now with guns and radio. Uh, by the time it came along, I hadn't done a podcast in about two years. I was married for a few years and then I became single again. And, uh, when I was married, my ex-wife didn't really support these ventures very much. Uh, she kind of 
made me feel like I was wasting my time. And then, so I quit doing them and then I got out on my own. And when I got out on my own, I started getting the itch to do a podcast again. Now it took me many years to do guns and radio. Even after I discovered pot of thunder, I loved listening to pot of thunder. Cause I'm also a kiss fan, but, um, I was really, really hoping somebody else would come along and do this show. Okay. Because I just wanted to listen to it. I didn't want to be on it. I wanted to listen to it. And after many, many, many years of nobody and, and a Guns N' Roses podcast had come up, Appetite for Distortion with Brando, a real good friend of ours. When we came on the scene, he brought us on his show and helped us boost our audience we've been the gnr community has been great to us um but um no matter what nobody was doing this show and i really i just wanted to listen to it (laughs) that's all i wanted and so i figured okay nobody's going to do this show hell with this i'm going to do it myself so i sent out a message on patreon no 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 patreon discord I was in a Discord server about Guns N' Roses, and I just posted a thing. Said, "Hey, I've got an idea for a podcast. Anybody want to be a, a podcast co-host with me?" And Chris Caputo was the first person that answered. And he and I, we actually recorded our first conversation ever. I didn't know this kid from Adam. We sat down and we just instantly had chemistry. Like that's that's a big thing when you got a code. You can't. I've done enough podcasts to know that you can't have anybody. You have your best friend sitting beside you, and you guys might have best friend chemistry in real life, but if you don't have that show chemistry, right? Together, I understand. Yeah, I mean, I know you do, but yeah, no, <laughs> I, I get no, no, I get it. But you know, what I mean, if you don't have that being able to have a show chemistry together, it's never going to work. You're going to struggle through it until you one of you has to have that hateful conversation, or you quit doing the show and you abandon the idea altogether. Right. Uh, Caputo and I had instant chemistry. We don't really hang out. We don't know each other all that well. I mean, I think of him as a friend. Yeah. Uh, I definitely, I don't make a decision that has anything to do with the podcast without asking him first. But, um, I mean, he came on and we just had that instant. And I think that's a lot of too. I think that really helps our, um, relationship for the podcast is the fact that we, we don't have to worry about hurting the other feelings because we don't hang out afterwards. So, right. um, if I'm doing something and he's like, yo, bro, you're screwing this up. He can, he can feel like he can just tell me. Interesting. And vice versa. Like I never would tell him that I would just try to find ways to work around, but I need, I need somebody to tell me when I'm screwing up. You know, what's interesting, Dustin is um, over five years ago, I was doing a doctor who podcast. Um, I had done a castle podcast uh, the you know with Nathan Fillion's show we were doing yeah. episodes. Miss I had, Firefly. Yeah, oh, yeah, so much. Uh, did a um, a a Farscape. I was one of the guys on a Farscape podcast. You know, Farscape, yeah. Though. So I was I was the newbie. That was the premise. They had two co-hosts. They would have someone who'd seen every episode of farscape and then me who'd never seen anything and i was watching them in chronological order and so you'd have a newbie and an expert and it was oh, that's a really good i like yeah, it. yeah it was a really good concept and so 
Um, so I, Lynette Carolla, Adam Carolla's wife, had done three or four episodes where she had interviewed friends of hers and Adam that were Springsteen fans, um, including uh, Phil Rosenthal, who was the co-creator of Everyone Loves Raymond. And they didn't talk anything about their celebrity. They just talked about how much they loved Bruce and his music. And then she quit doing them. And I went, God, I really want to have that podcast. And so in the spirit of lighting a candle instead of cursing the darkness, and that's why I'm telling the story, even though my audience is going, yes, we know this story, Jesse, is I went to the guy that runs our network and I said, hey, Rob, um, I want to do a Bruce Springsteen podcast. And he goes, okay, what's that? And I'm like, well, I'm going to find Bruce Springsteen fans and I'm going to talk to them. How are you going to find them? I'm going to use social media. And so he told me just this recently, um, he hung up the phone and he looked at his wife, Martha, who was, you know, the co-owner. And he says, so Jesse's going to do a Springsteen podcast. He says, uh, I think we'll get a season out of it. Well, <laughs> that five years later and 600 episodes later, you know, uh, and wow. um, so, and and the show has morphed and I'm going to talk to you about y'all's where, um, but from the very beginning, um, you know, and this, I give Rob credit. Um, he said, you know, I, I'm listening to you talk about Bruce Springsteen and I feel the same way about Wilco. He said, I wonder if you could have other guests join you and talk about other musicians. Right. And, and I said, yeah, and I could call them B-side episodes, you know, like, you know, nice. B-single, right? And so I've done that. And now through this years, I've learned that what I really do is I love talking to people that are passionate about anything, right? Like I love talking to other podcasters because 95% of them are articulate, they're interesting they're passionate and they make a great guest, you know? And so that's why, as you saw, when I go to Facebook, I'm like, if you have any, if you can even talk about music, we'll squeeze you into my episode and like, look at you and I, we're like, we're an hour plus. And I, I have hope, that bad habit. By no, me. I hope people have enjoyed the conversation. I know I have. I, I, I have too, have. so I hope somebody out there yeah, has. Yeah. <laughs> As I mentioned, at this point, Dustin and I have been talking an hour. So I'm going to break the podcast into two parts. Come back tomorrow for the rest of the conversation. Thanks. Doing a podcast at times can be a one-way conversation, and I hate that. So please let me know what you like and don't like about the work I'm doing. You can reach the podcast via email at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. The show is on Twitter at setlustingbruce, and my personal Twitter is at jessejacksondfw. We have a website, www.setlustingbruce.com. From there, you can find links to other Springsteen podcasts as well as other music-themed podcasts. We have a page devoted to our own SLB All-Star Band. These are guests who have been on the podcast more than three times. 
There is a link to our store where you can purchase Set Lessing Brew shirts, as well as a Merry Question t-shirt. There is a link to our Patreon page where you can sign up to help support the podcast financially. We have different levels and different rewards based on your support. If you don't have any extra cash, and right now who does, you can support the podcast by subscribing via your favorite podcast player and leaving us a review. The more reviews we have, the easier it is for people to find us. And please tell a friend about the podcast, especially if they love Bruce or music, because it will make a difference. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, that listing Bruce. Set Listing Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Set Listing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.